0: Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe DiMino. On this episode, we talk with the accomplished author, industry expert, and leader, Michael Hudlow. As a highly accomplished book author and industry expert, he has a deep understanding of CRM systems and their implementation. With the release of his best-selling book, How Not to F-Up a CMR System, Michael has become a sought-after authority on navigating the complexities of CRM implementations to achieve optimal results. His expertise stems from 20 years of experience in the industry and he's got a lot of stories to back it up. Enjoy this
1: interview. Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Very cool background behind you there.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm a visual artist, so that's one of my paintings.
1: I, you know, um, in my other home office, that sounds weird, um, I also paint, and uh, so I have it behind me too, so that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. So where are you located? I, well... I live in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, I'm actually I have a, another uh, place um, in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, and that's where I am right now.
2: Right on, excellent. Both very warm tropical environments. I, I love it. <laughs>
1: yes, sir. I'm aspiring to that in my older age. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm aspiring to do this and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm in Kansas City, and the game on Sunday, which is going to be against Miami. is going to be at game time, like zero degrees. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Yeah, no good. So, well, hey, man, it's great to meet you. And I want to begin our conversation with living through a pandemic. How did you get through the last three and a half years and how has it changed
1: you? Great question. Um, It's changed me a lot. I think a lot of the similar ways that it's changed other people. Um, You know, obviously, the vast majority of us went Remote. If we weren't already remote or quasi remote before that, um, right in the, I guess, the middle of the pandemic, I actually ended up resigning from a post I had had for 15 years, um, just because I, you know, whatever, call it, call it uh, creative differences, and um, and that's also the time I I really started to hunker down and uh, finish a book that I had already started. Um, And it was interesting because it really made me transform the way I look at, I guess, the employee, the company employee relationship and and is an employee, you know, how, how easy is it or is it possible to be just an independent person who does a lot of different things, even coming from like what, you know, executive roles that I had and yeah the answer is yes um it's 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 pretty incredible that way it's also allowed me to become much more uh fluid with where i am working like right now other than you asking me where i am you know who knows and and i i learned uh, so my, my my wife is french so we actually spent a lot of time in france as well once again never missing a beat with meetings or or whatnot i mean i think i think the real lockdown is just you know your ability to work in the time zone that is most favorable for your business relations so as long as you're willing to do that then the sky's the limit um as far as anything else you know i think it's interesting uh, from a from an artistic standpoint um i think it's really opened up a social kind of window into everybody and their own creative background and you know, for example if you and i were in a physical office and we are at some big corporation you wouldn't have your beautiful piece of art behind you yeah right i wouldn't have my you know ex- the stone wall behind me here it goes back a trillion zillion years but uh you know it just you you know how many times you talk to people and they've got all their little widgets everywhere And books they read and how many times we're all squinting and looking at what you know what's on their bookshelf or what vinyl records they have and it's a it's an amazingly nice glimpse into the human side of things And, and and it and i think it's proven that that can coexist with with uh business
2: yeah Well, so well said. Um, So there's so many things when I look on paper that are a part of who you are, but let's boil it down. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at career day. One of the kids is curious and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that
1: child? Sure. Um, I like to help teach, advise others based upon the experiences, in this case, in the business world, more specifically in the technology with computer world. Of of what I've learned or what I've helped other people figure out um, and teach uh, young people, new people of what those mistakes were and how not to make them again.
2: So, what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream?
1: Man, I gotta tell you that you're gonna laugh. I remember in the mornings watching the tr- the garbage truck come flying around my street and those guys hanging off the back of that truck. And I'm like, oh, that is the coolest thing ever.
2: <laughs> you know, my son is in this, on the spectrum and he's 19 now. But when he was a kid, he loved seeing the trash guys come out. And at one point he got a toy truck. took it out to one of the dudes and had him sign
1: it man
2: i'd never seen a smile on a guy's face (laughs) as big in my life
1: funny it's it's just i loved it and i'm just like seeing that big you know mouth of that truck open up you know as i got a little older then i realized you can actually be enclosed on the back of the truck and that's when i love the the you know the old time hook and ladder fire trucks with the guy in the back driving in the yeah yeah (laughs) and then and then i then i elevated all that to an paying pilot uh but none of them came to fruition so uh, you know uh but it's fun to think back
2: yeah for sure so what as a writer what was the first book that you read that really got your fascination going read or wrote read
1: oh boy i could I, I you know what i don't know um you know I, I wanna you know i i read a lot even as a kid and and a letter read a, i went to a A pretty nice high school that had like you know reading assignments even over the summer so uh, there's a lot of books but I I can think of some memorable books from early on but I can also uh, give you a more relevant a recent answer. going back I think you know I think of the books that were really a pain in the ass to read that I hated reading at the time but now that I'm glad I did so like in in high school I remember I had to read Ivanhoe um which was just as 800 page torture session but now I'm like I, I, I read that and but I think I was drawn to I, I I would back in the day I was drawn to the more adventurous stuff like by you know like by Twain by you know like Huckleberry Finn and Steinbeck of like Cannery Row and things like that just those kind of interesting mice and men um but I think more recently the books that have have stuck with me uh, from a nonfiction, I'm going to switch it over to the business sense um, is more of the, like the infamous dummy series that came out, I don't know, 20 years ago, like, you know, how to do Excel and all that kind of stuff. Because I, i like the humor side to saying, look, I'm an idiot. Talk to me like I'm an idiot, get me through this. And, and I think it's, much more practical than these ginormous books that you have technical books right now that are just they're so intimidating yeah. um so I think I think that's and that's also my the book series that I have the business book series that I have right now is is really geared towards that kind of mindset going back to your third credit question it's my my books are much more about uh writing um writing from a standpoint of let me let I'm going to sit down and I'm going to show you examples of things that make sense at the time, but were really mess ups and and happened so many times that I'm going to tell you about them so you don't make them yourself. And they're not technical, they're on technical topics, but they're not technical books. They're not intended to be technical books. Yeah. They're meant to be, you know, people forget, you know, just like your question earlier about uh, COVID, um, you know, technical systems. Y- To lead a technical team, to lead anything in the business world, you don't necessarily have to be a technician. You don't have to be a programmer or a developer because at the end of the day where the rubber hits the road, it's still about people. And it's poor adoption, poor training, uh, people wondering, you know, why are we doing this kind of thing? And you have to cure all those because you could have the best technology in the world, it, it really won't matter if people don't use it. I know that's an obvious statement, but I can tell you many times there's people who spend tens of millions of dollars and still haven't figured that that simple thing out.
2: Yeah, for sure. So who's been a hero for you in your life? Who's been an inspiration?
1: You know, um, I would say my both of my, and I guess that's the answer that a lot of people get, both of my parents, just because they didn't come from a lot but made a lot out of not coming from a lot through education and hard work. Uh, And then, you know, they kind of put me on the straight and narrow early on to to do what I do. Um, As far as, you know, a public figure, I'm not really sure I have one. You know, that's really sad to say, but I, I think it's just, you know, there's lots of people that, you know, like I, I, you know, there's a movie by about Eisenhower that uh, Tom Selleck plays, the lead and it came out I don't know how many years ago but it's called Ike and it's just basically the the weeks it's not an action movie but it's it's the weeks up to the D-Day landing and I, I look at somebody like that and not necessarily him because uh, I don't know enough but when I see one singular person with the ability to cut through the clutter and make solid decisions it's pretty pretty impressive time and then any of the early astronauts, I just like still don't get how they did what they did and put yourself on top of this huge <laughs> rocket bomb. And I'm like, yeah. we're going we're to put, put you there. Everything should work. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine the stress level of, of that job. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. If you
2: can meet anybody on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be?
1: Anybody on the, my gosh, I have a very long list of people who it shouldn't be. Um, Who would that be? You know, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to go to the scientific route. If they could be living or dead, it would probably be Einstein. uh, It would probably be Walt Disney um, and living uh although i don't agree with everything i think having a cool conversation with uh neil degrasse tyson would be pretty cool yeah. just because i love that whole expanse of the universe type of concepts and just understanding understanding things so much that you realize that so much is still not explainable and that's that it's an amazing uh uh you know kind of paradox you know it's like we know it has to be there, but we also know that that doesn't make sense, you know? So that's it, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So, you know, you're obviously very
2: highly motivated. You've been for a long time. What is your daily motivation to get up, to succeed, to help others, to be you? How, right. What,
1: what's that inspiration? Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, also since the COVID times, I think I have uh understood how much i like uh, public speaking writing teaching you know i used to think of you know a lot of people if you think about your job um regardless of what you do when you really boil it down um you're either you know Making sure things happen, making sure other people can make things happen, um, you know, or or picking up the pieces after somebody tried to make it happen, and you try to make that happen again. So I mean, it's it's interesting because I think you know if you would ask me years ago, a few years ago, it would have been about you know you know deploying and figuring out um, what the best way to operate a certain you know system, for lack of a better term, at a, at, a, at companies. And now it's much more about um, informing others of how to do that. So, how how do I keep myself motivated? Because I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fun to tell a story, you know. And it doesn't have to be fictional. I mean, it could be uh, like what I'm doing right now, um, but it's still a story nonetheless. So, I think what motivates me is just knowing um, that if I just keep going with it you know, another book will come out or another podcast like I'm doing right now uh, will happen. I, I think that's the most fun. I mean, and and also, I think it's kind of like, you know, mining for gold. It's like, when is the next really cool gonna question going to come down my path that somebody truly needs help? And that's another big thing that kind of gets me excited is not necessarily someone who's willing to throw a bag of cash at me. It's much more well, that's cool. It's also nice to figure out a problem that somebody has, and they're coming looking for you for it.
2: So, of all of the successes that you've had in business, what's one of been one of the best fan letters? One of the best success stories you've been involved with?
1: Um, you know, specifically speaking, I like uh, when when you know I I'll just anonymize it, but you know, it's when you bring on a, a big division or a big, you know, regional, like, let's just, and I'll just think right here, like the, the country of Brazil, of if if you're going to be working with, you know, mega companies in those places that have, um, you know, bringing them, and I'm not trying to say anything negative about Brazil. I'm just saying in general, it, it's about bringing them, Bring when you like do a merger, for example, with an, another company and bringing Uh, basically showing people the light of this is the way the bigger new parent does things and this is the way you used to do it and 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 then showing them the new way and i and i've done that so many times that i don't know if i can think of anyone in particular because they're all rewarding it's the fact that when somebody you teach somebody in such a way that they see the light and then they become the champion you didn't even ask them to become Um, conversely that's also the biggest downside when you've you know taken you know show you know the you know the the you know the uh, you know the cliche of you know, bring a horse to order but you can't make them drink when that happens um it's it's heartbreaking, you know, people resist for the sake of resisting, you know and and it's that's the human factor that you, it's very often you can't fix I mean, you can't fix without really you know twisting someone's arm which is never fun to do
2: yeah so let's say you have a dream tonight you run into a 20 year old version of you you can give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the life you've led the wisdom you've gained what advice would you impart on that young version of you
1: <laughs> the world has changed in the last three years specifically if we're talking about a professional let's just, I'll take first, I'll take a professional path stab at it. 20 years ago, when when a person was, used to shoot, show their professional might by tenure at a singular company or two, you know, like you know, 10 years at GE, you know, 20 years at Ford, you know, whatever. And now it's the direct opposite of that. It's two years here, two years here, two years here, two years here. Two years here. And, and, and I think I would have never, I would have, if I could have had a time machine, I would have never believe in believe in, oh my gosh, believe that the, that this is a true thing, but it is true. So I think what I would say 20 years ago, I would do the most important thing is if you're not doing something you don't like in an industry, you don't like get the hell out of that. And go find something that you like. And that is the the biggest one. Okay, that's the biggest one. The second one is, is the second you're not liking what you're doing at a place, go find some place you do like it. And that's not, and that's not necessarily, it may be within the same company, but if, if you hit a roadblock um, years ago, you would ride the roadblock out. Nowadays, I would say don't do that. Go find something else. It's the way you get your more money. It's the way you get more exposure. And it's also the perception of, of the younger, quite frankly, soon to be leading generation out there um, that they want to see a lot of diverse experience. So yeah. that's the biggest thing.
2: So of all of the things that you've done and become and evolved into over your life, what are you the proudest of? Yeah. Um,
1: know happy happy family happy kids um you know uh certainly not at retirement yet but my wife and i are if you know picked out vacation home areas where we want to be you know we're continually able to plan forward so i think it's just setting up that big foundation for all of that um you know it's nice to see you know one, one of my kids uh is pregnant right now so it's kind of like just seeing that continuum going on and i know maybe that's a little bit of a of a you know the person from a a corny personal answer but i think it's probably the biggest one because it's just so foundational in your life from a professional standpoint i think it's i think it's you know rising up the ranks through several big four consulting firms kind of never tripping up never missing a beat you know and um getting on to become a managing director and then basically taking a little bit of my own advice and saying when I'm, when I'm not having fun with it, or it's, you know, it's not necessarily professionally. Okay. But if it's just not ticking right up here and making you happy, then it was time to leave. And that's what I did do. So you kind of
2: mentioned a time machine. So if let's say we get off this call, time Mm -hmm. machine pulls up in front of your, in front of where you're at, and you can go anywhere in time and see one event in human history where are you going? What do you want to see? Wow.
1: Well, you know, what's funny. It, it, the qualifying statement on that is it, it would be awesome to live in any era, as long as you, as long as you were elite and had money. Right. So it would be awesome to be an Egyptian. If I could live in, in a palace or, or, you know, live in the, you know, French, uh, in the, you know, renaissance as long as you had it uh money and 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 stature Uh, you know i I gotta i have to say and maybe it's just because i'm here right now you know i'm in the yucatan peninsula there are something like 800 pyramids here and you know coming up through went back in the you know whatever 70s through middle school and high school and on the 80s i didn't learn anything about them and now that i'm here and you walk through the jungle and all of a sudden you see this skyscraper of a pyramid from a thousand plus years ago i would love to see how they I, mean, I keep yeah. scratching my head same with the pyramids in in all other places and i was going to say egypt i would love to see or the building of a big cathedral in france you know it's just like how did you do this i mean i i i, I was even you know i was on a pyramid uh here in the yucatan a couple weeks ago and I, I sat there and I just said, can you imagine like somebody coming up X amount of years ago and tapping on the shoulder and go, I have this idea to build something. I need you to go out and go get a few of your friends and we're going to build something. And then they come back and go, what are we building? I'm like, okay, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> this is going to take about 12 generations here. But I just, I was just, the, the, the I would love to be part of those conversations. You know, those behind the scenes conversations of like, what are we doing why are we doing it how long is this going to take i mean can you imagine all the project management tools that we have at our at our hands right now a a million ai widgets running out there that help collect our thoughts and we still can't build things i mean we can but it's difficult and and but can you imagine project managing something with a million boulders that are 10 ton 20 ton each yeah with primitive tools and saying what <laughs> I live in a hut. I mean, what do you want me to build? Yeah uh-huh. well, I would just like to see all of that and just uh, it's it's another it's another it's another world, no pun intended. and and the other thing that's interesting about it, each one of those places, well, not French Renaissance, they had a much bigger picture of the world already. but you know egypt and and here they you know, as far as they could see was was their world. There were no external influence obviously until they got you know invaded but 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 i'm just saying for the longest time that king was the god there there was just nothing else so it's very fascinating to me to see how how those societies all work so i think that's a long-winded answer but if i had a lot of money probably like i said renaissance france living in some palace somewhere it wouldn't be too bad yeah, absolutely. So, Michael,
2: everyone out there has a perception of you—family, friends, clients, colleagues—but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
1: I don't know. It's um, a good question. I, 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 uh, I think I think I have a lot to say on a lot of topics. Um, I, I think I have. I like to help people. I like to teach. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me is necessarily finding people who want to be taught or need to be taught and who, who can listen and, 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 you know, make some kind of bond from at a, at a corporate level, uh, to, to move the ball forward, you know, a, a, a mutually agreeable path forward. So, I mean, who am I? I don't know. I, I, I think I'm getting probably, believe it or not, more quiet, um, more reserved. I think a lot of things used to bug me a lot more than they do now, which is good. Um, so, anyway, I, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but you it is hard to be that introspective on the spot.
2: Yeah, no, you, that's great. No, I love that answer. So, if anyone wants to get involved with your book, if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about huh. you, reach out.
1: Where do where do they go? Well, my website, and I can send you, I can send you some links if you can post with it. But, but the website. Uh, to get a hold of me is called bitsia b-i-t-x-i-a-c-r-m.com that's my website that'll have links to other podcasts that i've done and ways to get a hold of me obviously i'm on linkedin under michael hudlow uh, and then uh for sure you can also write me at m hudlow at bitsia b-i-t-x-i-a-c-r-m.com and uh, my book is available on amazon also via links on my website as well and i have uh one book coming out in March, which is on artificial intelligence and customer relationship management uh, mess ups and things to avoid. And then I have a larger book that came out in September on mess ups in the, in the, in the pure CRM space. And, and like I said, it's really not, it's it's on a technical topic, but they're not, techni- not meant to be read as technical books.
0: Okay, excellent. Michael, thank you so much. Thanks thank for your you. time. Have a wonderful 2024.